The following program was made possible by Ward's Lawyers. Find us at wardlegal.ca. Welcome to 2023. Denny Greenell here, your humble host. Crazy year, right? But most years are kind of crazy. It just felt like this past one was even more crazy. Crazier even than the one before that, which was crazier than the one before that, which was, well, you get the pattern. But hey, we are prevailing. We are Kawartha Strong, if I'm allowed to borrow that mantra from all those other communities who used it. But what we do have in Kawartha Lakes that's different than other communities is our stories. The ones that uplifted us, the ones that challenged us, the ones that taught us something special about each other. The stories that define us and our community in unique ways. Stories from lawn bowlers, trappers, new coffee shop owners, new politicians, singer-songwriters, first-time ice fishing buddies, the Dunsford fella who reacquainted me with the derelict motorcycle I sold him 20 years ago, which he transformed into a thing of beauty and how it transformed him. The Little Britain woman who rediscovered herself through Lindsay Little Theater. The Oakwood teacher who spent a week at her expense in the Dominican Republic to teach other teachers. We even squeezed in some whimsical theater of the mind written and performed by my pal Mark. So on this first episode of 2023, we give you an audio snapshot of some of those stories which we've told you in the past year on the Advocate Podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes. So probably the first thing that really attracts them here is the fact that you have early growth poplar. So poplar and birch are their primary species that they cut for food. What you have in most of your marsh here are, are alders and a few, few elms and other hardwood species. Not very interesting to them unless there's nothing else around. So what you have is a really nice stand of young poplar, easy to cut. They don't mind dragging the branches a couple hundred yards. It's dangerous for them. Coyotes down here eat a lot of, uh, catch a lot of beaver when they when you see a beaver pond uh, during open water, you'll see these little white sticks floating around. It's because they don't eat the wood. They don't eat the stick. They've peeled it like a cob of corn. I'm hearing from some former classmates I went to high school with here in Lindsay. Here's Charlie Teefy. She's in her third year at University of PEI. So when I first got out here in August, there was, a, there was no mask mandate. All of the bars and everything was open. So like it was like full functioning. No one was wearing masks. We were doing all of our NSO activities the same as we did first year. So that was definitely like a surprise coming from Ontario. You know, part of the real frustration of being a post-secondary student right now is that even if you're in a situation, even if you were in a situation like Charlie's where things were relatively good compared to where you came from, it's just having to adjust in the uncertainty. Denny, nice to be here. <laughs> Tell us about uh, about the rink. Where is it located? We're just over on Balsam. So in a way, when the lake freezes over in the winter, we just get a really extra big backyard. So we were trying to figure out a way to, you know, fix the cracks as they came up and keep it a little bit smoother if it gets snowed on. So what we devised was it's just a hose system. So we hook it up to an outside tap. You run the hoses, you connect it to what is essentially a little homemade Zamboni. So it's PVC piping, and you've got a T 
that goes down to more piping at 45 and then you bring it across and then we've hooked up uh, just an old bath towel. It's kind of funny because I'm not really that good a skater so to put all this effort in I mean you know you wouldn't think it's worth it but you see kids if they're playing hockey and they're enrolled in any sort of skating like they're good skaters and you get to see them ripping around it's so much fun like they're bold and brave and they're not afraid to fall it's just it's kind of hilarious <laughs> For the most part, they've been really good. We're following the rules. I mean, you go to many places, they're not following the rules, you know. We thought we're, we were good to open for the, for the weekend. And then they're like, nope, you can open one day. So we were all prepared and excited to open and we were good, open for one day. I mean, everybody was very receptive. The customers were great. They supported us. We maxed out on capacity on cinemas and uh, people still end up buying snacks to go home with. Beyond the revenue that, this, that you need to keep this place going, what's the, the one thing that you missed? Uh, people laughing and, and having a good time. Um, and uh, just seeing, without the mask, seeing their faces. I mean, that's the one thing you can't see right now is all you see are eyeballs. <laughs> you want to, I want to be able to see people again. To an extent, it is an essential service because with everybody being shut down like they are, they need a, an outlet, they need entertainment. So I mean, you could watch Spider-Man, you, you could stream it, but you're still in your own four walls. But if you can get out into somebody else's four walls and get around other people, for the, everybody's mental health, it, it's necessary. It's needed, you need to get out with other people. Danny, how you doing? I'm well, and yourself? Very good, thank you. We are standing out on Sturgeon Lake in Pleasant Point. We set up a pop-up tent, got the heater going, and did not set foot inside of it to take until we took it down. Lou went on his very first snowmobile ride. What do you think of that, Lou? It was uh, a moment frozen in time. <laughs> <laughs> Lou okay. was so cold, he came back bleeding from a snowmobile ride and stepped into the tent to warm up. Okay, well, tell me about the actual experience of, of fishing, because I, I understand you're all new to this. Very new. I think we still are. We need to get past the new stage. We augered three holes by hand. Is it a proper ice auger, or did you just put something at the end of a, a little Makita hand drill? It was a proper ice auger that uh, Chris brought us out, so worked easily, got it done, and we, you know, dropped a couple lines and didn't catch anything. Didn't well, even have a bite. Well, that's why it's called fishing as opposed to catching, I guess. So, okay. I guess so. My first experience to be outside enjoying like a some ice ice fishing. This is if this was every weekend, every Sunday, I would uh, I would do it. Hey, Denis. Thanks for joining me on this road trip. Oh, my pleasure, Mark. And thanks for being triple vaxxed and recently completing an isolation period to ensure our trip together is safe. Uh, now, if I can just make this turn... Oh, and congratulations on reaching 10 million downloads of the podcast. Uh, it, it's not actually quite that many. Denis, you need to remember, this is your dream sequence. So let's go with 10 million. Uh, agreed. And might I add that I'm especially enjoying my new full head of hair that is not receding mm -hmm. at all. Only this darn traffic would ease up, Mark. Even in February, all the cottagers and farmers come into town on Fridays. What is it about Fridays? 
hey, if this trip is going to take a while, why don't you make a left here and we can hit up the drive through at Mc... Huh, seems like I can't say Mc... Well, Mark, even though this is a dream sequence, there's no need to give free advertising to a major corporation or, you know, Mick Corporation. But sure, let's grab some food. Shelly Hardacre is the owner of Smitty's. She joins me now. Shelly, what was your reaction when you learned of the federal government's intention to ban these single-use plastics by the end of 2022? I was thrilled, absolutely thrilled. My daughter and I had started um, avidly recycling absolutely everything and being very, very, very careful about what we bought just from a home perspective, uh, from a home base. And then moving forward, when I bought the restaurant, I made some pretty fast changes here for the very same reason, because at the end of a week, five large garbage bags full of little milkettes and creamettes, you know, straws that customers didn't use, things of that nature, um, I, couldn't, I couldn't stand it. It drove me crazy. So when I heard that news from both personal and business perspective, I was thrilled. What's your experience in those coaches, the ones who really work the X's and O's versus just the, the, the positive talk and the encouragement or the, or, or the very hard talk? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. Um, when I was in Peterborough, we had Gary Green and Mike Keenan, hard-nosed coaches, X-nosed guys, and very disciplinary coaches. He didn't like any of his players. We didn't like him. But after hockey, I got to know him better, and I like him. He likes me now, and I like him. But when he's coaching, that's just the way he did it. He wanted you mad at him. He, got, he wanted to get the best out of you. So that, and you get under your skin, sometimes it's too bad. And then when you go to the other side, Bill Deneen, he was the opposite. You wanted to play for him. You felt, if we played and we didn't win the game, we felt bad for him. Oh. Like we let him down. Men, men, men are dogs. For Katie Plant, a return to live theater means her return to live theater. A few years ago, Katie relocated to her home area of Little Britain. That allowed for a return to the LLT stage some 20 years after Katie left. It's just so exciting. Right this moment, though, what it's about is reconnecting. Reconnecting with emotions and excitement and um, the act of being with such a great group of people not just because I haven't done it for more than 20 years, but also because we've all been so isolated for the past few years. So what I really love now that I'm back here um, many years later um, with my own child is I just love being part of our community, really connected with them. Alyssa started her new job as the Chamber's Exec Director just very recently. I've lived this community my whole life. The community really means a lot to me, and this position, I feel, is going to allow me to really give back to all of those other people that have helped me get to this point, right? So, um, for example, when I was at the Boys and Girls Club, I worked with some of our most at-risk youth in this community. So I've seen, you know, what the poverty looks like in City of Kawartha Lakes and Lindsay specific. Um, But I've also been, you know, fortunate enough to work with some of our small businesses and seeing, you know, the other end of that spectrum and seeing some of the privilege that we have here. So I'd like to be able to find a bit of a balance in, in helping both of these sides work together and, and bringing our not-for-profits and our small businesses, you know, kind of onto the same team uh, to help one another out because, you know, the not-for-profits we have in this area do a lot of work and a lot of good work. So, you know, partnering with my experience in both of those things, I think will help help everyone. 
it's important for me that these businesses know that they're not alone and they don't have to be alone. So they have someone who wants to come out and knock on their door. This really is a time for change for the chamber. And by finding out what our members and our non-members would want to see from us and want to get from us, that's what's going to get us, you know, through the next couple of years and really help grow our organization. Your teeth last longer than you do, man, okay? <laughs> Think about that. If somebody found my skull a thousand years from now, they would look at it and be like, well, that was either a poor Canadian or a hockey player. <laughs> that is stand-up comedian and former IE Weldon Secondary School president, Rebecca Reeds, from her CD, Buddy. So what has this transition back to live shows been like? It's almost like I've uh, had a rejuvenation in my love of comedy again, where I just appreciate being in front of a real audience so much now. Every single time I step on stage, I kind of treasure it in a different way. I think all the Zoom shows kind of were breaking us down a little bit, and then it felt like we were released, but then you couldn't get any momentum, so it felt like you couldn't get any... Um, new material rolling so you were doing old stuff but it didn't feel authentic to you because you felt like everybody felt like they were changing in the pandemic so it just kind of felt like it was like stop start stop start stop start and now it feels like this is a real start where we've had several months going uninterrupted i think i am able to plow through so much easier now if I had a bad show in front of me, I think I can handle it much better than before. It just seems like things are really rolling now and I'm having a really nice time just being silly on stage. Do you guys remember that short period of time where you found braces really attractive? Right, you were like, ooh, somebody's family has money. Get over here. <laughs> I wanna make out with you. I bet it tastes like you have a pool. <laughs> It, it can get quite stressful when you're walking around, especially when they have something called the purge, where it doesn't matter even if you have your spoon, and you're just looking over your shoulder wondering when it's going to happen, when somebody's going to tag you. Right now is fine because as long as you have your spoon, you can't be caught, but there's always sort of the feeling that you've got to look out and make sure that nobody's coming after you. Right now is fine because as long as you have your spoon, you can't be caught, but there's always sort of the feeling that you've got to look out and make sure that nobody's coming after you. So the announcements will say there's a purge on for all spoons players, which means even if you have your spoon on you, you can be caught. So it's basically just everyone can be out. So you got to hide and get off school property so that you can stay in the game. Friday was the last purge and I walked down in the hall and I, my first instinct was put my head up, look down, walk to the bathroom because it's one of the safe areas. And then I looked to my right and the kid's dashing out one of the classrooms getting chased by two girls and he just runs out the door and it, it's full pandemonium. Like the more people you get out, the more spoons you accumulate. Keep one in every spot, like one in your locker, one in your pocket. Make sure you always have one close. Down here, close the door. Wow. Yeah, a big difference, right? Huge difference. Well, it's been a very long process, actually, more than five years. The walls were in some deterioration. There was some damage. Some of the capping had come off, and, and there was water and you know freeze and thaw problems over years. So these walls were only ever built by the province when this was still a jail in 8990. These were not the original walls and they were literally just concrete block. And the structural engineer would come, you know, it was like once every year, then it was six months, then it was every three months, then every month, then every couple of weeks, <laughs> just keep checking and checking and checking to, to ensure that they were still, you know, safe enough to stay up, and they were not. Well, I really appreciated how the city, you know, attacked it, really. They, they went through all of the proper processes, they, they engaged the 
the proper structural engineers. They really looked at the history of it as well to ensure, you know, was heritage being um, removed and, and they've taken some steps to ensure we keep pieces of it for future generations. But for myself, safety was the key concern. So when they started doing the, the demolition in February, it was kind of like, oh yes, it's finally happening. <laughs> In a game of uh, trebles, when your bowl... Uh, you Sorry, back that up. A game of trebles? Trebles. Okay, that sounds like something from Star Trek. So walk me through this. Teams of three. One of the challenges is releasing the bowl too high and it'll take a divot out of the green. Oh, so okay. what we want to do is we want to get as low as possible, almost like you're bowling in a bowling alley. So all I'm going to do is start with my feet together. I'm going to step out um, and try to release as low to the ground as possible and then you'll just see what happens with the bowl. You have to start from a standing position. Uh -huh. and, and then walk into it. You can take one step. So I'm just gonna squat down uh -huh. and... Now, if you're being completely critical of your own shot, how good a shot is that? Because I'm looking and you're probably... Oh, that's horrible. Is that... <laughs> that's horrible. That's gotta be about... Uh... Don't mince words here. I want the real story here, Reese. I'm saying that's 16 to 20 feet short. But in fairness, I wasn't really concentrating on the shot. I was more talking to you. Right, okay, sure, Reese. we'll go with that. <laughs> Yeah, I put it in my book. I booked my show at the Lindsay Academy Theater. I think it was an $800 amount that I booked, which, of course, if you've worked in the clubs, know that that was just the Pharaoh's ransom. It was wonderful, right? <laughs> sure. Compared to what we got, you know, our two free beer tickets at the Rivoli. I went to do the show, and only two people from the Cadillac Club came, and maybe mm, 45 people from town. And Ray said, oh, I really took a bath here. Is there any way you can cut me a deal? I said, sure, let's, you know, 400 bucks is good. I understood. Anyway, about six weeks later, Terry McRae and his son come through and Terry's thinking about moving into comedy. Anyway, he comes into the lobby and Ray Marshall's there and he's talking to Ray and he said, I'm thinking I'm moving into comedy. And my eight by 10 was there and he said, this guy's good. <laughs> and so it's lesson learned. It's not always about the money. It's about good business relationships on that note of good business relationships i uh, i want to play a clip here for you because coincidentally i had coffee yesterday with ray marshall i was infatuated with his work and i thought this guy's got to come to Lindsay to the academy theater I, i'm not a producer but i guess there's an instinct about talent good talent that lands right where it should whether it's in your mind or in your heart it's pretty hard to explain, but it, it just lands that way. And then look what happened. And it wasn't just us. It was, it was Ron's hard work to get to Lindsay and to carry on. How does it make you feel knowing that he, he's constantly pointing to the Academy and to you as saying, I you feel, know, I feel blessed. I mean, it's part of a friendship that you don't expect, you know, but there it is. That's very, very kind. On those days when you're just kind of, you know, maybe pining for home, What's it like when, when you go to that page and you see all those familiar faces and, and, and those friends and those activities from your youth? It doesn't make me sad or want homesickness. What it reminds me of is that powerful connection of real friends, community, investing and in being part of something. So in the 80s in Lindsay, for me, you know, IE Weldon, LCBI, didn't matter the age, we were all connected by the live music scene in the 80s in Lindsay true relationships, true friendships, 
require community and connection. And I know all kinds of people in New York, but I don't have those quality of friendships or very few that were forged in the idea of Lindsay in the 80s. And to answer your question, the page, when I see it, it reminds me of those values, reminds me of what matters and where I should focus. And the Andy in me versus Andrew starts to come out and kind of be first and foremost, just connecting with people and appreciating people. With some music provided by Pierre Chartier, here is the story of Chris Morass's affinity for fishing in the middle of a city. What makes this a good spot to fish? Like, I, I, I'm not a fisher person, and I would see this and go, uh, there's too much going on. This, this well, is not a good spot. That's what you want, right? You want the water t to be running so that the fish will come up and get oxygen and all the food and stuff because they swim against the current, right? I, I like to reminisce here. Like, because my grandfather's been gone for quite a while, I can remember being a kid and this boardwalk wasn't here. You could actually drive your car literally to the edge of the river. I don't know, there's friends down here that I fish with that I've known for a long time. It's just, it's it's a place to relax. If I catch fish, that's great. If I don't, you know what, it's a night out or a day out. Just enjoying good conversation and getting a little bit of exercise. It's a place where I grew up. I grew up on this side of town, so, you know, with my dad and uh, my Uncle Randy Robinson taught me a lot how to fish. My grandfather as well, you know. It just, it, it, it's good memories. I'm curious, because you're only, what, maybe a kilometer, two kilometers from your actual home. Yes. In, in footsteps. But in your mind, like in, when, when you're down here, how far away do you feel just in your mind from your home and from family and, and obligations, all that stuff? They just go away. It's not really a distance thing. It's just, it's not here. It feels very far away. It's a completely different culture. Um, as you can hear outside, um, it's a very noisy, boisterous place. There's roosters crowing all, all hours of the night. There's dogs barking. Uh, there's constant traffic on the windows. There's grates and there's like a grate at the door. And then you go out and then there's another grate at the street. So everything is sort of very secure. Like there's grates everywhere. It's, it's quite different from what we're used to. And yet here you are and, and your colleagues there right now, uh, you're back teaching, not not only for no financial compensation, but you're you're funding much of your own trip. Why? Because I believe every child deserves a good education. In order to make the world a better place, we have to reach the children because they're the future. And if the children are better educated, then the world can become a better place. And so this is just a small little starting spot. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think it, it made it easier in terms of supplies. Like we didn't need to get scaffolding. Like we could be on the ground with a paintbrush or with a paint roller, which is a bit more familiar. Amazingly completed by Christina and Julia here. We're so happy to have been able to bring this project to Lindsay and hope that it'll inspire others to infuse some artistic talent in the downtown. Three, two, one. All right. All right, congratulations. There's still some things I think in my artist brain that are like, I need to touch that up. Um, I do want to fix up the way I wrote reflections. And also I was reading a book actually on like a small anthology of like Lindsay's history. And I think that adding the date 
that it was founded would be something that I'm wanting to add in the spring when we have to come back for touch-ups anyway. Randy's passing is also being mourned by the LGBTQ community, which has also lost a proud and advocating voice, especially in Venland Falls. Julia Taylor is a business neighbor and was a friend of Randy's. He was representation for so many people and youth especially, but not just limited to that. Like I, I've heard from men in their 60s that came out just to themselves even because because they saw him and they can see him and say, well, he's cool and he's different and he's unique and he dates men and I can be that way too and my community will love me. And I can have a business and do cool things, even though I feel like maybe I don't know if that's okay for me to be this way right now, you know? So I think those were the two biggest things, that culture of acceptance. Uh, I don't think Randy's gone. I don't think his work is done here. And I think it will carry on and that, that vibe will carry on. That's his legacy. Yeah, definitely. Doug Elmsley, 7,982. We all worked very hard to make this happen. and uh, But you never know, especially when there are six candidates. I was confident I would do well, um, but I didn't know, uh, you know, there, there are so many things that come into play. Uh, issues that you don't think are important and then all of a sudden they jump up. How do you feel now about how it's unfolded? I feel good about it and I understand why some people are upset about it and we'll see what we can do. We're going to, you know, it's all about working together. It's all about trying to move the yardsticks forward, that that we, we work together as a team and as a group and we try and get to the places we need to be. My whole working life, I wanted people around me who were smarter than I was. It makes the job so much easier when, when you know that you can count on other people and you don't have to think of yourself as the smartest guy in the room because generally speaking, you aren't. So I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm excited to work with these people. times when your life is going up and down and you're rebuilding it and most people will get frustrated mm-hmm. what did it represent to you to have this bike it was a constant that was there and you know when everything's always changing this was a constant thing and and, and once i thought about it i was it was every day i was thinking about another part of it like it really was something that i it was therapy it was therapy that's what exactly what it was, and my father he was he was wheelchair bound he's he's passed passed away but um and he would sit in his wheelchair and he would watch me a lot of times I'd just bring it out of the shed that I had and I'd just work on it outside and he'd come out and he'd uh he wasn't all that verbal, but he'd point out a couple of, like it was like I was bonding with my dad as well through the bike through the bike I think I think that's exactly it. I think the onstage uh, relationship is just a direct reflection of of offstage because like we have a shit ton of fun. <laughs> we supported each other's we music. Supported each other. Like I came, I went and visited her shows and and her to mine, and then and then it really until you came to Dunsford, we hadn't played a, mm-hmm. a musical note together. I mean, of course, we talked about it. And like, oh, we got to do a 
Graham Parsons and Emmylou Harris thing mm-hmm. or whatever, but it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. didn't actually happen until I think our relationship had become established. I think we have more than a handful of things in common. We have a lot of things in common. And when we met each other, it was kind of like a, I had to keep pinching myself because it was almost too good to be true. <laughs> and it, uh, when it came to, oh, you like this kind of music, you like this kind of era of fashion you like we have so many similar hobbies that it was almost like turning the page of okay what now and we really when we first met we were sharing each other's music interests may i impose on you too i know you brought your gear with you to to maybe give us a taste of what it was like when you were able to create and maybe hear one of the the end results of that let's make it happen all right grab some gear from your broken past comes in and puts a price on your head You're there sitting at the bar smoking your big cigar Your face is wearing big old scars Thinking you're a superstar, it's true Your face plastered on the wall You don't even care at all Pop comes in and says, hey bud Cheers to you and all that stuff You take a puff and smile my way Must be nice to get away with these things Must be nice not to be guilty of anything You're a smooth talker Got a ticket to social capital You're a gunslinging, rule-bending One hell of a man That was your audio retrospective. Some highlights of some of the many stories and the people in our community which we've featured on the program in the past year. We were able to do that because of our official sponsor, Ward's Lawyers. They are the reason that we recently hit a nice milestone of 15,000 downloads. Carissa Ward and her team can meet all your legal needs, no matter how small or how large. Visit their website at wardlegal.ca. Visit our Facebook page where you can follow and like us. And also consider subscribing to us on your favorite streaming platform. And be sure to tell your friends about us. The Advocate Podcast Stories from Corth Lakes is written, produced, and hosted by me, Denis Grignel. Normally, we wind down our episodes with our closing theme created by the very, very talented Gerald Dan Haltren, but we're giving GVH a break this time so that Kayla Muhammad and Nathan Truax can take us out. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. To get away with these things Must be nice not to be guilty of anything you're a smooth talking
got a ticket to social capital. You're a gunslinger, Ruben, and 